welcome to this little snippet of the Top Order podcast in partnership with our sponsors, Manscaped. We're going to talk the downstairs rainforest situation. That's the DRS and specifically umpire's call and benefit of the doubt in the laws of cricket, all in conjunction with the MCC's recommendations to the ICC lawmaking committee. Stay tuned. No one wants the dreaded pair and you don't want to lose out to a DRS. That's the downstairs rainforest situation. So it's more important than ever to look after your pair. Now with manscaped.com, you'll never nick off, get caught in a slip or have a dreaded pair again. We were very lucky that the guys at Manscaped have sent us their latest lawnmower 3.0 to try out and even luckier that they sent us one each. No sharing situations here. So get on to something called their website and check out some of their other product names. Kudos to the marketing department, top work chaps. When you visit manscaped.com on your internet machine, you'll save 20% and get free shipping with the special code... Top order at checkout. You know how it works. Get onto your internet machine and dial up manscaped.com and use top order for 20% off with free shipping on all their great product lines. Lads, at the end of the day, a man's home is his castle, so look after the lawn around your castle with the Lawnmower 3.0 and a range of quality accessories. Keep it looking and feeling smooth as a Virat Kohli cover drive. So there has been talk uh, at the ICC level, uh, so MCC recommending to the ICC uh, whether or not we will remove the umpire's call for LBW decisions made by the DRS. So we're not talking about soft signal for catches here. All we're talking about is the removal of umpire's decision um, or umpire's call on either outs or not outs on umpire's decision. I'll go through the the protocol Um so umpire's call obviously being used in cases, and I'm reading directly here uh, from Naraj Golapudi's uh, excellent article in Crick Info. So it says the umpire's call is obviously used in cases of the ball's impact with the pad and then potentially the stumps relying on, on ball tracking or, or, or uh, Hawkeye, whatever you want to call it. Um, and there is no there is no benefit of the doubt in the laws of cricket as far as I can recall. But But what we've got here is, a not out decision to be overturned uh, more than half the ball would potentially have to be impacting uh, the pad within a zone bordered by the outside of the stump. So we'll talk about the change there um, and needs to be hitting the stumps within a zone bordered by the outside of the, of the often leg stump, which is formerly the center of the stump. So we've moved that zone out slightly and the bottom of the bales. So more than 50% of the ball would need to strike that area to get an out decision now under this proposed law change. Um, the previous law was that if it was, if part of the ball was striking outside of that zone, but still striking um, that zone of the stumps that was slightly narrower, it was the middle of the stumps previously, that would be an umpire's call decision. And the umpire's decision, whether out or not out, would be retained, of course, leading to the controversy that the same ball uh, given not out by one umpire and out by another umpire could have two completely decisions. So we're taking away that um, that ambiguity in the law, making the area slightly bigger, but still requiring the ball to hit 50% of the stumps and still using the bottom of the bales as part of that target zone. So the ball could be hitting the bales, uh, but more than 50% of the, of the ball would need to be hitting the stumps 
in order for an out decision uh, to be given. And the players would still be in control of calling for a referral based on the on-field decision? Yes, yeah, so no proposed changes there as, as far as I'm, I've am i read in terms of players uh, being able to refer the decision or an umpire having to refer that decision. So, Listeners of, of the podcast have missed out on uh, Baldy's intricate hand movements that have explained it all very, very well to us. But, I mean, on, on the actual thing, I've never actually really had a problem with umpire's call. That seems to be such... Uh, People seem to get really up in arms with it, and, and particularly the casual fans just seems to really confuse them. That I think, as you said, Paulie, that one umpire's decision can, two umpire's decisions can be completely different if the ball's hitting in the exact same spot. But to me, it, I, maybe it's just that I don't have the complete trust for, uh, for the way that all of that stuff is recorded and that you can judge the bounce and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like what someone is seeing in front of them, actually they've got the sense of the wicket on whether it was hitting the stumps and all that kind of stuff. And and I don't have a huge problem with how it's been. My, my two cents, I think, is I, I don't know how you get inside the umpire's psyche. And look, what I mean by that, and I'm not suggesting that there's any impropriety whatsoever but when a team's run out of reviews does that change the way that the umpire makes his decision has he got to be more sure about his decision or less sure when for example the batting team have still got all of their reviews is he more likely to then go actually I'll give that one out I think that the the other component here is the technology it's not the same at every single ground you've got different products that are used depending on the host broadcaster and I think that that's one of the recommendations that the committee's made as well, that there is a move to standardise technology that isn't actually in the purview of the host broadcaster. It's the, you know, the ICC that need to provide that. And I'd wholeheartedly agree with that, particularly around number of camera angles available and what technology um, they use. But I think we've we started off this whole sort of DRS piece talking about Taking the howler out of the game was the reason that we, you know, we had this technology. We've slightly moved our vernacular to that about wanting to get the right decision on the field. And with the risk of it turning into American football where, you know, you stop every um, 30 seconds to, to, you know, to look at something again. I think I'm now in the camp where I want to get the right decisions. Um, so I think I'd, I'd be going a step further personally. I, I like the idea of, there not being a, a you know a, a difference between the decision um, being given on the field and not given on the field with that umpire's call piece and it being the purview of the technology. I also think it should be taken away from the players. It's been used tactically. We've seen with this extra review in this England series, there's more of a propensity to gamble on the odd one. So for me, I'd actually go a step further and say, let's give it to the umpires. They can still give it out um, and then it gets checked. Um, but they've also got the ability to call for it themselves as well, would be my view. Can we hear the siren that they've been using if, if they're going to make a, a change to the decision? A, uh, I think if we're going to do that, we have to hear that little siren that we've been hearing in the England near series. Yeah, maybe. Just, just on that quickly, one of the recommendations was that if we change this protocol to the out-not-out decision, that we would also reduce the unsuccessful reviews potentially down to one per team, uh, or for the relevant review to be lost, irrespective of the, of the outcome. So you could you could go, no, nah, I want to go upstairs, 
that's one of your three, regardless of whether or not you're right or wrong. That's one of your three. So that would that would go more towards the getting rid of the howler um, if they went that way. And you don't get to keep your review even if you got it right, um, which would certainly work in Tim Payne's, um, Payne's favour because he'll just have his three and he'll get them all wrong and then everyone else will only have three as well. Um, rather than be flippant, Raj, what are your thoughts on, on, the, on the umpire's call piece? Yeah, I've got a few um, opinions on this one. So firstly, first opinion, I was surprised to hear Binksy talk and derogatory terms about American football. I, I heard it was his new love, love of sport, or his you know number one sport. I like the halftime show. That that the weekend. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's a revelation. <laughs> Everybody was wanting the weekend to be over for the first time ever. Um, okay, so I'm going to pick up on a lot of the points that have already been raised. So the DRS was there for the shocker. That That's what it is there for. I think that that is important when we're thinking about this discussion. When when, it, when the um, downstairs rainforest situation actually came about, firstly, I was very much against the umpire's call. I was, you know, as a batsman, I always thought that the benefit should be for the batsman. If we don't think it's going to hit or it's, you know, umpire's call, then it should be not out. Uh, however, since then, I have changed my tune because I think that the umpires are generally very accurate. I think there are there are occasions when they're not, that, that there's always going to be mistakes, but the DRS system is there to eliminate that shocker. And that's coupled with, I don't think that we have the technology 100% right yet. When we're looking at the, the snicko and hotspot can give you conflicting evidence We've got uh, the the ball tracker, which is something that was developed for, for sailing and it works perfect for things like tennis where you've got the flight of a ball all the way as it's hitting the ground. But when you have a ball that hits the ground and can do anything, hit a pebble and go anywhere, I think the, the technology is not quite up to scratch there for, from my point of view yet. Um, and just to pick up on Binksy's point there around around the umpire having that decision, uh, to go for that review. I'm going to liken it to the NRL where I think that it's actually quite horrible is that when the referee can make that decision and then review his decision, you just have every decision being reviewed. So I, I think that the players having that power to review any decision puts the onus back on them. And it, it, when, when they have used all their reviews and the umpire has made a mistake, that goes back onto the onto the players. It takes a whole heap of pressure off the umpires and that they're making the decision and they are calling it how they see fit. If, if someone's got a problem with it, they can review it. If you've used all your reviews frivolously, then that's your problem. You've missed out an opportunity. Just like in the, um, was it Headingly with a Ben Stokes one at the end there where there was that LBW decision. If they hadn't have used their review poorly, the over before, that could have been a different uh, different situation. So I, I like the umpire's call in summary. I think it's working well at the moment and it gives everybody a, a chance to get the right decision. I think what the this three reviews has made the umpire's call even worse in, in this conversation that we're having. I, I, I don't care about uh, neutral umpires and all that kind of stuff. They've got to get it back down to less than three reviews. People, as you said, Binksy, teams are, just, teams are just using them in absolutely ridiculous ways. I mean, it... There's just no need for it. They're, they're 
basically kind of the first one is just gets used on any time the ball hits the pads or any time that the bowler can kind of convince the captain to use them or, or any time a top-order batsman gets out, LBW. And it, I, I think reducing that number would be the first step to kind of organising the system and making it a better, better product for everyone. Can I, can I ask a question to, um, to Binksy? I'll put him on the spot. Given given the fact that I'm going to use the word fact, given the fact that there is a margin of error for things like the ball tracker, are you more comfortable going with the decision that was made with the naked eye over a decision that was with the ball tracker 100% of the time? First, I'm not sure why you've asked me that question. Um, look, I... I think we look at the stats of the the best umpires in the game right now, and they are phenomenal when you actually look at the speed at which they're being asked to judge a lot of those things. And I'm talking about, you know, the likes of uh, Richard Kettleborough and Aline Dart. You know, they they have proven that that you know they make a lot of decisions in that sort of pressure environment. My concern is as you go down the ranks it gets a lot more variable. So I think the question then is, you know, and we've talked about this often, haven't we, that the best umpires don't necessarily interview, uh, um, interview, don't necessarily umpire the highest profile games because they happen to come from the country where those games are taking place or one of the teams is involved in those. Um, obviously notwithstanding the fact that we've got home umpires for pretty much all games at the moment in this COVID era. So I think it does depend a little bit on the, you know, on the umpires and look, there'd be certainly as I'm going down the list and I'm looking at someone who had, you know, a very, very poor um, series in England, Joel Wilson, a couple of years ago. Yes, I'd be trusting the technology over him, particularly when he's not in any form as an umpire. Um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, to your point around the ball hitting a pebble and not having that predictive element, someone that's watched a lot of cricket, umpired a lot of cricket and has a feel for it. Um, you know, I still think that that is really, really valid. The, the difficult thing is, like you've used that, used that NRL example, it would even the best umpires start to second guess their judgment and, and not make the decisions on the field that, you know, they would be making, um, would be making now. Baldy, I'll, I'll come back to you um, to answer, I guess, the one glitch that you raised for me, because I, I sort of much like Raj, I feel like umpires call is, is doing the job. But the one glitch that you raised is essentially the fact that you can have two one one decision that is decided differently by two different umpires, one saying not out, one saying out, when the balls hit them in the exact same spot. How how is there a way to fix that with umpires call? If you retain umpires call, I don't think there's any way to fix that um, because the uh, retaining retaining the the object of the umpire's call means that whatever the umpire's decision is stays. So if an umpire gives it not out, then it stays not out. If the umpire gives it out, it's out. So that's that's why we're having this conversation or why the MCC is having that conversation, right, is that they want to get rid of that ambiguity in the decision-making. The, the compensation that they're making for that is making the impact zone wider uh, to make the, the the edge of the stumps that that zone uh, rather than the middle of the stump so there's less 
less area for that to happen. And I think in, to, in order to reduce the number of umpires calls that we have, I think that's what they should do is make that area wider uh, and make the zone for umpires call a lot smaller so that we have less instances of umpires call. We're talking about it less often. It may become more controversial as a result when it does happen, but it's less frequent as part of the game. Raj? I guess I want to ask you that question slightly differently. Given that this um, DRS system was implemented to get rid of the shocker, does it matter that the umpire's call stands out or not out, given that it's close enough that it doesn't register outside of either decision? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it it, it doesn't... It does satisfy the have we got rid of the howler. What it does create is its own other set of controversy where um, one team may feel aggrieved that they had a decision given not out or out by an umpire um, and a similar situation resulted in the on-field umpire making the opposite call that the technology shows later on subsequently to that that the the ball tracking or the outcome was, was close enough to identical, right? So... So while, yes, you're absolutely right, it does get rid of the howler, it does create its own set of potential controversy in that, you know, teams can feel aggrieved that a decision didn't go their way or or a different on-field decision was made out or not out that results in the same kind of outcome in terms of ball tracking. And and that's where the, the teams are feeling like there's a bit of controversy in, as far as that goes. I don't have a problem with it personally other than the fact that maybe that impact area is slightly too big. We can bring that down a little bit, which I think is a good thing. Um, and then, you know, then there's less instances of, of that happening and teams feeling aggrieved. Geez, I wouldn't want to be in uh, in these boardrooms. We've we've sat here and, and discussed all these things. I don't think we've come up with a solution, have we? It's, uh, yeah, being in these ICC, MCC board board meetings to discuss these things would be a, a real challenge. Well, let's so take... let me just ask a quick question of everyone. So we, we've, let's, let's kind of try and get off the fence a little bit. Um, and if I'm hearing this correctly, we're falling into two camps here. We're falling into a camp of omit the howler from the game and we're falling into a camp of get the decision right. And I think that that's ultimately, from a cricketing purist perspective, what it's coming down to is where you sit on that end of the spectrum. So let's just go, go, round, the, you know, go round the room. We'll start with Raj. Your view on what the DRS is there for, is it there to omit the howler or is it there to get the right result? So the mindset that I want the DRS to use is I want the DRS to try and confirm the on-field decision. I don't want them to tell me whether it's out or not. I want to go, the umpire has made that decision. Can you confirm that that is right? To an, to, to enough of a, you tolerance. know, we talked about it. Yeah, to, to enough of a tolerance. Can you tell me that that is right? I want you to confirm the on-field decision, not try and overturn it. I would almost take the opposite view. I, I agree with Raj in that I'm I'm in the I I want umpires to be umpiring the game. I don't want umpires to be technology robots. So I want a human in there making decisions. So I, I am in the on the in in the camp of I want to get rid of an obviously incorrect decision. What I want the DRS mandate to be though is in the same way that it's phrased in rugby. Can you give me any reason why I can't award this to be a try? If I've made a decision that's out, I want the overwhelming evidence to point to the fact that that batsman is not out to overturn my decision. If I've given a batsman not out LBW and it's 
umpires call maybe hitting the wickets. I think we can adjust that zone a little bit to make it a little bit easier to to comprehend for fans. But I want the I want the mandate to be unless there is overwhelming evidence that the umpire is wrong, then we stick with the umpire's decision, whatever that whatever that may be. Just to change your focus, sorry, before we come to Stu, we've talked a lot about the LBW decisions, but what about Snicko versus Hotspot in that situation that you're talking about there, Baldy? Because at the moment, they seem to rely more on Snicko than Hotspot. With Snicko, if they if they give that out, uh, they tend to go with that decision ahead of Hotspot, showing not yeah. out. It's an interesting one because, for me, a spike on the bat, a Hotspot on the bat is unequivocal. That that is that is absolutely caused by transfer of energy causing heat, right? And the only way that that can happen is impact. A an an audio microphone can pick up noise from any source, not necessarily bat touching ball, right? It could be spikes touching the ground, it could be a bird flying past, pooing on the stump mic, it could be anything, right? You've got no guarantee that 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 spike is absolutely necessarily the ball hitting the bat. A lot of the times it is, and it will be supported by um, by the presence of, of Snicko. If there's no Snicko, it doesn't mean that there's not an impact of ball on bat or bat on ball. It just means that there's not enough energy transfer of that ball hitting the bat to cause heat, to cause that um, particular area of the bat to light up. So I'm, I'm, of, the, I'm of the opinion that um, Snicko evidence, if it's present, is absolutely um, is absolutely linked to the ball hitting the bat and should be always given out. If it's not, then that doesn't mean the ball hasn't hit the bat. We just need to rely on Snicko plus hotspot. Um, sorry, hotspot always means the ball hits the bat. I'll start that again. The presence of, of hotspot means that the ball has absolutely and unequivocally hit the bat. If it's a Snicko situation and there's a bit of audio and some inconclusive evidence on hotspot, then you kind of have to go with the overwhelming balance of evidence. And right, and you might go, well, there's not enough you know, evidence to overturn the umpire's decision that it was given out or not out or whatever it happens to be. So we just need to frame the question appropriately. I think when you can combine the two appropriately and you've got the right technology in place, then you will get the decision right 99.5% of the time. And that's good enough for me because without a little bit of controversy, you know, we wouldn't have it. We wouldn't have a job to to talk about this kind of thing on a podcast, and fans wouldn't have anything to whinge about on Twitter, which is what we need. Um, so we need that controversy in the. We we need that controversy in the game, though. We, we don't want a game that's that's um, umpired by by robots at test level because I don't think that that brings any any excitement to fans. It doesn't give them entertainment, right? Part of that entertainment is the potential controversy and not knowing what's going to happen. So I wouldn't want to see it go all the way that way, but I would like the question to be framed um, more in support of show me any reason why I can't, why I have to overturn this decision. Look, I'm in the same camp in, in, as both of you guys. I think it's, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with umpiring decisions being made. I think, Baldy, your point around reducing the, the zone or the, the, the question mark zone is, is a really valuable one. And if, if they can make strides to do that, I think that would would certainly take a lot of this controversy out of things because, as you've said, you, you know, if if you're looking, if the, if there is a very, very small window where they're unsure, then you just go with the umpire and every other instance, you're going to get an equivocal decision either way from the technology. So, yeah, I'm all for that. So, guys, 
I've agreed with Michael Vaughan this week, and I now find myself sitting here changing my opinion, having listened to you three. So I think it's time for me to go and have a lie down, because um, <laughs> genuinely, you, you've kind of talked me around. I actually am now of the opinion that, yeah, that kind of trial, no trial, wicket or no wicket is the you know is the way that this should go and, and that we should be trying to support that on the field umpire to continue to make those decisions um but i think with the players given so many reviews and that ability to question the umpire the only way that we're going to do that is to reduce those number of review, reviews mm. and actually almost say you've got one if you get it right um so you know if you have inside edged it or you it is missing leg stump by an absolute mile you're going to review it but otherwise you're going to just walk off and and, and most likely the umpire is going to be vindicated with his decision making process well guys that that wraps up the pod i think um hopefully back in the same room in the not too distant future and equally um hopefully we get to go to a cricket field or two before the end of the New Zealand summer. We will be back in your feeds in just about a week's time because there's heaps and heaps of cricket going on around the world, as I'm sure you're all aware. Please do dip back into the back catalogue if you do need another top-order fix between then um, or now and then. Um, But for now, it's good night and God bless from us here. Um, Thanks for listening. We'll see you very soon.